Hi, and welcome to Book Club, a Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I'm Olivia Fuller. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. At some point in your life, you've likely been told that you can achieve anything you want if you put your mind to it. But the real key here is knowing how to use your mind to achieve your goals. This is exactly what the book Think Your Way to Success by Mark Rhodes digs into. As Mark explains in the book, you can achieve success by developing a winning mindset. I'm so excited to have Mark here with us today to tell us a little bit more about this concept and his book. So with that, Mark, I'd love if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and your book. Yeah, hi, thanks, uh, Olivia. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting actually, because um, when I was younger, I, I was very shy and I, I got a job in a firm of accountancies, accountants and um, I've been there for about seven years and realized, you know what? I wish I'd gone into IT tech because I loved the IT tech world. As an early adopter all those years ago on a home PC and I taught myself programming, but I worked in um, the accounting business world for about seven years, as I say. Then I moved over into IT tech, being a project manager, leveraging my business background and all those sorts of things. And I was doing some good project management projects for some really big companies. And then I spotted an opportunity to start my own internet software business. And that took off really, really well. She had some really big brand clients. I was doing all of the selling for the business. And um, after about sort of two and a half, three years, a big Silicon Valley US company came along and said they wanted to buy the business. I said it wasn't for sale until I got their fourth offer. Then I decided it was for sale. Anyway, after the dust settled, I started thinking, how did I do that? You know, how did quiet, quiet, shy Mark, as I was at the time, go and do that? I just seemed to be able to change in time to take the action that was needed to win these big sales deals and all of this. And I got fascinated with success and what makes people successful. And I started looking into how the mind worked. And I studied various things um, around mindset and things like that. And that enabled me to almost like reverse engineer myself and figure out how I'd achieve this success. And I realized that most of it was down to mindset. And that's what led me into writing Think Your Way to Success, because it was after I'd done all of that discovery, I thought, you know what, I could get this down in a way that it could help other people and not just help other people. I still use it every single day to help me go to the next level in anything I'm doing. So that's really the sort of story behind it, if you like, and my very quick sort of journey there. Yeah, I, I love that journey. And as you mentioned, you know, the book really is all about the importance of mindset and helping people to be able to achieve their goals. So I'd love to learn a little bit more in your experience. What does it really mean to have a winning mindset? I think it means everything. I think all too often people, you know, discount positive thinking and mindset as some sort of soft skill or, or something like that. But I, I'm always saying to people, it's actually an essential skill or, or part of our being, because whenever you get into any situation in life or business, if people are not achieving the results, they're not achieving the results because they're not taking the action or they're not taking effective action. And usually it's down to mindset. It doesn't matter how many situations I get pulled into with small businesses, large businesses, global corporates, you find out at the end of the day, most people know what they should be doing. And the reason they're hesitating or putting it off is simply because of mindset. You know, I used to have a big fear of public speaking. It was my biggest fear. 
And the only thing behind it was mindset, how I was thinking about it. You know, I could have read 101 books on the skill set of how to do public speaking and presenting, but I still wouldn't have taken the action to do it because it was that mindset piece that was missing. The belief, the confidence, the motivation, having a compelling goal and all of those sorts of things. So having a winning mindset through sport, through business, through everything makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned something there around, you know, people tend to think about mindset as a soft skill, but, you know, as you talk about in the book, there really is a lot of science behind it. And some of the concepts that you do discuss in the book are based on NLP. And just for our audience here who may not be familiar with what that is, I'd love if you could maybe just walk us through that a little bit and tell us a little bit about what NLP is and and what it actually looks like in practice. Yeah, um, it's quite interesting because when I do my talks uh, or or any other things I do with clients, I I never usually mention NLP because sometimes people have heard of it and they think it's some like wizardry or magic to make people do things they don't want to do and all of that, which is, you know, really not the case. NLP is really just the discovery by a couple of guys, uh, Richard Bandler and, and John Grinder many some years ago, where they basically looked into and formulated how our minds work. What is the link between language and how we act and the action we take or we don't take? And I always say to people that really NLP, if you like, is really summarizing this little formula that we have thoughts and the thoughts we have determine how we feel, how we feel determines the action we take or we don't take and the action we take or we don't take determines the results we get so you know for instance if somebody's quite shy and they don't want to go to a party their thoughts with our hand are probably I don't want to go to this party I'll probably end up wanting to nobody to talk to I really don't want to go so thinking like that they feel really bad so the action they take on Saturday night when they go into the party they think they're going into a dreadful experience And so they naturally keep their head down, avoid eye contact, stand in the corner, because you would if you thought you were going to a dreadful situation. But it's a confident person thinks differently and they think, hey, I'm going to have a great night. I'm going to meet some new people. I bet it'll be a great laugh because they think like that. They feel good. When they go in the room on Saturday night, they naturally keep their head up, make eye contact, smile, get talking to people and say, what a great night. And at the end, when they come out and say, what a great night, what a great bunch of people, They've been to the same party as the shy person has. They've just had a very different experience based purely on how they were thinking about it beforehand. And this is why we say that how we think about things, i.e. our mindset, that self-talk that goes through our head in particular, how we think about things has a massive impact on the results we get. Because just by thinking in a certain way, we get different ideas, different action, different results. And it's exactly the same in sales, how we're thinking about every conversation we're going to have, every call, every discussion with a potential client, that is all mindset driven. Yeah, yeah, that is a fantastic example and really puts it all into perspective. And I'm glad you brought up sales there because I'd love to dive into that a little bit more specifically here. What are some of the common challenges that sales reps often do encounter? And you know, how can having this mindset shift actually help them overcome those challenges? Yeah, I think one of the most common things I come along, and, and this isn't unique to sales, it's, you know, across, I think, a a large percentage of people in all walks of life and in all situations 
is that human beings have this um, tendency to think more about what they don't want to happen in a given situation rather than what they do want to happen. So very often a salesperson, when you're looking to help them improve their performance and you're talking to them, what are their current thoughts about this meeting they're gonna to go to or this call they're gonna have with a prospective client, what are their main thoughts about that? You know, what goes through their head about it? And they'll say stuff like, will probably be too expensive. They're probably not going to change from their current supplier. So things like that. So all the thoughts that are going through their mind, they're even saying to this, things to themselves like, I hope I don't lose this deal. So they're constantly focusing their thoughts on failure rather than, than success. And with the way the mind works, if we focus on the failure rather than the flip side of it, which would be the success, then our mind actually just looks for more evidence to support what we're thinking about just to you know give us comfort that we're right so we really need to flip that around and you know be looking at the outcome we want and that was one of the things that I always naturally did with sales you see because I realized when I said earlier that I was looking at how I'd done what I'd done and the results I got I realized that one of the things I was always really good at was sales and I realized that before I went to a sales meeting, that voice in my head was saying, they're going to love our product. They're going to love our team. I know we can really help them. I reckon this client's going to go with us. I reckon we're going to win this deal. That would be my motivational self-talk before I would go to it. But when you look at one of the things that I was really bad at doing, which is public speaking and presenting, I was so scared once I pretended I had a car accident to get out of doing a talk many, many years ago. I'd be thinking differently before that. If somebody said, Mark, will you do a presentation? Will you do a talk all those years ago? I wouldn't be thinking about everything going right. Like in my sales example, I'd be thinking about everything going wrong. I'll forget my words. I'll look nervous. I'll sound nervous. The audience might not like it. I might pass out. And because that thoughts, feeling, action, result sort of formula, if you like, basic NLP formula, when I'm thinking all that, all that thought pattern is doing is making me feel worse and worse and worse. And I'm running away from taking the action. So a big thing to answer that question, as I say, is that salespeople is to make sure you're focusing on the outcome you want to happen, not the outcome you don't want to happen. But so many people will do it. I hope I don't lose this sales deal. I reckon we're going to be too expensive. Yeah, that is a fantastic point. And, you know, you do talk about in the book, the importance of coaching and really developing that positive thinking into outcomes. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. What is actually the role of coaching in making this positive thinking actionable? The role in coaching really is to help people feel more comfortable about the actions they're taking. Because the reason that people are either not doing things they need to be doing, not having the conversations, or they're doing avoidance tactics, like they're emailing rather than calling, is because they feel uncomfortable about the action that they need to take. So coaching's really about, for me, finding out what areas is it of the role that they're doing or the situations they're in with the things that they've got to say and do that they don't feel too comfortable with. And that's where you need to find out why it is and then either look to change their mindset around that particular thing or you need to actually, you know, find a different way of them saying what they need to say so that they feel more comfortable with it. Because sometimes you can change one or two words in what somebody's going to say in a conversation at an important point in a conversation and it makes them feel much better about it. Oh, I can say that. But 
few words ago where you were doing it differently they go oh, I couldn't say that you know but you tweak one or two words and people are more comfortable so so coaching is all about helping somebody for me helping somebody be really comfortable and confident about what they need to say and do in order to do their role effectively absolutely what are maybe some of your coaching best practices to actually build that confidence in reps Firstly, it's to make sure that they are focusing on the outcomes they want. And if there are some things that they're thinking about, you know, might go wrong, looking to go back and come up with ways to offset that and, and understand why that might not happen or how we can avoid it or how we can make that better. Um, but a key thing, especially in the world of sales, um, one of the things that I always have to look at coaching wise is whether the person... because what it's about what motivates what motivation strategy they're using subconsciously to drive them to action so for anything we're going to do in life we need to be motivated to do it i.e we need a reason to take that action and there are two ways in which us as human beings motivate ourselves to do things one is why what we call the towards strategy or in the old days you'd call it the carrot which is we motivate ourselves to go and take this particular action because of all the good things that are going to happen if we take that action. Um, whereas in some instances, people will use what we call the stick strategy or the away from strategies. The reason they're taking action is because they want to avoid the bad consequences they'll have to suffer if they don't take action. So for instance, you'll often find that there'll be some salespeople where their performance is sort of consistently good, you know, and probably over a long period of time going up and up or something like that. And you'll get other salespeople where their performance is up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. They're just like all over the place, up and down continually. And once you look at that and think, well, are they spending a lot of time implementing every time they do a sales deal? If it's not that, that they're not have to implement, so they take their foot off the pedal selling and you're still left with that in a normal sales cycle. That is an example that someone is most probably using a motivated away from strategy in that what motivates them to get on the phone or get out there and see people to start the sales cycle is actually thinking about all the bad things that will happen if I don't. If I don't actually get on and make some sales calls today, I might not hit my target. And if I don't hit my target, I might get in trouble. So that's an away from strategy that they're really forcing themselves to do this activity because if they don't do it, something bad's going to happen. Whereas you get somebody else who's doing the sales activity because they've got a compelling goal, they want to exceed their target, they want to do better than they did last month, so they're out there. And both can work. The only thing is, is that the away from strategy, as soon as you get far enough away from the danger, your subconscious part of your mind thinks you are, because now you've got a couple of sales conversations underway and you're, you're away from that danger zone, you've done a few conversions, then subconsciously you take your foot off the pedal and you drop back down again until the danger point comes because it's the danger point of some disaster consequence happening that forces you to get back in. So that's not ideal, but it's also not ideal because the person who's using away from strategy to motivate themselves from action is motivating themselves with negativity. So they're having negative thoughts. If I don't do this, this might happen. Then they're picking up the phone or going on Teams or Zoom to have a conversation about somebody buying something from them. Whereas we all know in sales, the best way to sell is to be enthusiastic. And it's quite hard after you've told yourself a load of mental negativity to go and be enthusiastic. So a real big point, as I say, in addition to making sure they're focusing on the outcome they want, also making sure that they are 
you know, motivating themselves with this, what we call towards strategy of thinking about all the good things that are gonna happen if they make these calls, if they have these conversations, if they win these deals. That's what I'm primarily looking out for because those two things lead me to everything else that's either helping them be successful or holding them back. I, I love that advice. And, you know, as you mentioned, fear can be a powerful motivator, but it might not lead to that long-term and, and sustained success. So that's a fantastic point. Mm. You know, for our audience here who, who really are a lot of sales enablement practitioners, I'd love to dig into a little bit about how they might be able to actually help support the sales teams in actually developing these mindsets. So what would your advice be for sales enablement practitioners in being able to help Really create a healthy sales culture that does encourage this positive attitude uh, in, in order to actually achieve long-term success? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things is, is to be, um, you know, mindfully aware that it is mindset that is probably, if there are people that are not quite performing where they need to be, it probably is a mindset issue that is holding them back. And as I said you know, earlier on, a lot of people don't value mindset as an important thing. But you think about this, in any sales team, once somebody has been through all the training, knows the products and services, every single person in that sales team has got access to the same tools, the same website, the same products, the same services, they've had the same internal training and yet you'll get vast differences. You'll get some people doing amazingly well and you'll get other people struggling. But they've all had the same, they're selling the same thing and they've got the same corporate website and they've got all the same sales tools. They've got the same playbooks. They've got everything the same. Why is there such a big difference in results? Mindset is the only thing that's left. As long as someone's out of the learning curve and getting into the groove and all of that sort of thing, once they're up and running and they, they've done everything, mindset is the thing that's left. So be mindful that mindset is probably the reason that people are not performing. And then we need to look at that. And the biggest thing we can do is listen to the words they use. Because like earlier, when I was talking about um, what strategy they're using, they motor themselves towards or away from, you know, you can find out that just by listening to the words they use somebody who's using a towards strategy will talk about winning achieving getting obtaining whereas somebody who's using away from type strategies on themselves will talk about avoiding not missing out on losing so they'll all be very different words that they'll be using they'll be you know avoiding disaster words rather than the flip side which is the achieving words and also a big thing to look out for, you know, if you're in sales enablement and you're looking to help people in mindset is the hesitation points. In their voice, when they're talking, there'll be points where, say you're, you're listening to a call or something like that, or you're working with them, you're doing a bit of role play, stuff like that. Where there are points that they're uncertain, they will change their tonality slightly. They will hesitate a bit and things like that. So one of the biggest things we can do, even with ourselves, not just as a sales enablement person, but any of us is watch out for our hesitation points. You know, when we say, oh, I'm going to give that person a call in a minute. Oh, no, I'll do it tomorrow. They might be busy. Or, oh, I'm going to go and do this. Oh, do you know what? I'm not... They're hesitation points. And there's a reason why we're stopping ourselves taking the action, usually because it's uncomfortable. So that's another thing I think that's really important to look out for. 
Um, but also to have this, you know, I think when you say about, you know, a sales culture that encourages positive attitudes, attitudes, it's, it's to have this sort of um, understanding that people are usually doing the best they can with the skill set and the mindset they've currently got. And that so us as sort of sales enablement practitioners, um, it's not just to help them develop their skill set, but more often, but more often their mindset so that they can be the best that they can be. That is fantastic advice. Mark, thank you so much for sharing all of this with our audience. I, I know I learned a ton and I'm sure our audience did as well. So thank you again for taking the time. Thank you. No, it's been great. Thanks. And to our audience, we absolutely recommend picking up a copy of Mark's book. We'll include a link to that in the transcript. And thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. And if there's something you'd like to share or a topic that you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.